Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we have an immense love for the films of our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we are discussing Air Force One. Released in 1997, it was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, stars Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, and Glenn Close. This movie tells the story of a president doing the extraordinary to save the life of his family and colleagues. Now, this is a fair warning, we are spoiling a 24-year-old movie, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. This is Bobby's choice, so he'll open up our discussion. Yeah, I chose this movie, first of all, because of Harrison Ford. I mean, I love Harrison Ford from Han Solo to Indiana Jones, all the stuff he does. I think for most of my life, he was my favorite actor, movie star guy. So that's one of the main reasons. But I mean, I think one of the other reasons that I picked this movie is because it it really stuck to me because it kind of gives me like the warm and fuzzy feelings, like just kind of the idea of it. You know, in the very beginning, there's the the president kind of talks about, we're here to do the moral good, you know, like, and, you know, obviously that's objective and stuff. But I mean, it, it just like from the very beginning, it's like, hey, you know, like, we need to do what's right. And then he goes forward and then he's doing what's right. And he, as the figurehead, as the president is standing up for his family and, you know, like making me think like, oh, this is kind of what. You know, in theory, idealistically, this is what our president should embody, this kind of thing. And I just kind of like that idea. It's kind of like when we talked about some other films, you know, like the Men in Black kind of situation where it's like, here's the secret government organization, but it's kind of the organization that you kind of want, you kind of like, and it's kind of cool. And so this movie kind of sticks with me. I mean, it's one of these like, super over patriotic rah-rah America type of movies that stuck with me and I enjoyed. So Matt, what did you think? It's definitely a, um, it's kind of in that weird time period in the, in the nineties where you did get action movies like these. I know, you know, we kind of talked about it. It, It's very diehard in its, in its, you know, makeup and the singular location and a single person trying to fight against, you know, multiple for some odd reason, foreign bad guys, um, like you said, it's a very, you know, it's, it's a patriotic movie that doesn't quite push into the, 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 the cheese too far. I mean, there are moments and Jerry Goldsmith's mm-hmm. score definitely goes very into the brass and very bombastic and very patriotic or whatever, but it kind of plays to the strengths of what the movie is trying to do. And it never gets to the point where, you know, I don't know, uh, <laughs> you know, He's, he's launching a rocket or something and it has like red, white and blue smoke trailing behind it or something or something okay, that's like, hold wait. on. But what if it did? <laughs> I think that would be a great comedy parody version of it for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's an interesting movie. I think it's, you know, a, a pretty good action movie. I do think that it's always the unrealistic aspect that somehow our president can kick that much ass regard. I get it. He's former military and all that stuff, whatever. But at that point, he's got to be, I, I, from the look of Harrison Ford, he's in his 50s or 60s at this point. I'm pretty sure he would have not made it past the first 10 minutes. Um, but <laughs> what do I you know, think about people in their 50s and 60s? Man, these are just attacks on everyone. Oh, I, I am sure there are 50 and 60 year olds who would probably kick my ass. I see them at the gym and they terrify me. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you know, it wouldn't be 
a problem for, you know, 50 year old rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson, but the typical person that plays a president, or whatever, usually doesn't really come off as that. Um, but I get it. You know, it's the idea of it, but I think that they could have easily had, you know, Harrison Ford with a secret service agent guiding him through it or something. But this is still, this is like the end of Harrison Ford is of a believable action star, except for Indiana Jones, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. I, you know, my, my primary note that I ended up writing down, I was like, this feels just like a fun shenanigans romp. Um, I couldn't find a better way of describing it. Cause it, I never felt truly attached to all the scenarios, but it was definitely a, Oh yeah. There's just like a lot of craziness going on. And Oh, here's another like little set piece of craziness and he's going to get through it because there's no way he's going to die. It was kind of like watching 24, um, a little bit and, and, you know, bringing up the music. That was one of the things with, um, I don't know if TV shows were like this before, but I felt like every show that dealt with the government definitely borrowed from <laughs> this score to build the themes that they would do around it. It felt, it felt like I was watching 24 or uh, whatever the last show he did. Uh, last, last man stand, not last man staying. I forgot the name of the show. Um, but it's just one of these things where I was like, this is a fun film. I'm not like in love with it, but I was cruising along to the, the shenanigans it presented. I, you know, I totally agree with that actually. Cause it's, you know, um, it, I could watch it drinking, you know, a nice alcoholic beverage and just kind of, you know, you just, you just kind of coast through it. Right. Like it, it doesn't challenge you very much as far as like, you don't have to really think about anything, um, all too deep, but you also, you know, it, you know, you're not going to walk away and really have a lot of thoughts afterwards. It's a, it's totally a popcorn flick through and through. And that's not a bad thing. That honestly is not a bad thing. I enjoy those kind of movies. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely the popcorn flick for sure. But w- one of the, one of the things that I enjoyed about the movie is just the fact how they kept raising stakes as they were going. So, I mean, I thought it was interesting how I was like, okay, like, and they set this, they set this formula and, they did a really good job of setting everything up. Like, okay, like we're going to shoot somebody every 30 minutes. And so, okay. Like there's the tension of like, okay, who's going to get shot next. And then they had all these really interesting moments where there was a setback every time. And then there was all these little things in it where, okay, the president is, you know, he's going to, we're going to shoot, shoot him away in the, in the escape pod. And then, Oh, he's not in the escape pod. And then, Oh, look, he's back on the plane. And Oh, they like, they tried to fax and oh, that was a big hurrah moment. And then, oh, wait, they might not get the facts. And I just thought that there was like a real, they did a pretty decent job of raising stakes and kind of moving along. Even to the very end, they had this kind of like, I don't, I don't know the, the, the whole, like they not only had the terrorists, but they had the devil crossing agent. They had like all these issues where, okay, there's there could be problems with the plane and then the phone battery goes out you know right when he's about to tell him like what wire to cut and so i mean i i thought they did a pretty good job of like keeping the pace of it up with with obstacles to put in front of the the heroes did they turn this into a video game because everything you just described makes sounds like a video game <laughs> these are just challenges we have to accomplish and oh there's a little bit of hardship but we'll get through it I was trying to think of the of the plot structure and I think it's pretty well structured but 
it's probably something that's been done before a lot, but I mean, it in this movie, it's pretty good where I thought that they did a pretty good job of keeping the pace of it, moving it forward. And obviously, I mean, okay, so I, I want to talk about the cast, which I thought was really good. Generally, I think of Harrison Ford as kind of like a charisma kind of guy, but not necessarily a great actor. But I do think there were some scenes in this movie where he did a really good job. And then, of course, like you have Gary Oldman, who's great in everything he does. And then it it's interesting, like in movies of this era, how basically all the other people in it, like the the other politicians and the other cops and the other secret service people, they're all like recognizable faces from all sorts of other like TV shows and stuff like that. So that was fun to see. And I think Glenn Close was really interesting too. That was actually something I was going to ask. Cause I feel like, I kind of feel like Glenn Close wasn't really utilized as well as she could have been. I mean, she, she wasn't really, um, pulling her weight as much as I think I would have liked to have seen um, as a vice president. Like I get vice presidents can sometimes very, be very ornamental, you know, for, for a presidency, whatever, but it being Glenn close, I was kind of hoping that she was going to be making some judgment calls and stuff like that. It kind of seemed like she was just sort of there. Um, not, not really um, anchoring the, cause really you had the, airplane scenes on air force one and then you had the ground scenes right um and you see that sometimes in these kind of movies especially like it's like a like in the negotiator you know you have everything happening in you know the rooms then you have everything happening on the ground um and i kind of felt like the ground stuff uh i can't remember his name the dude from quantum leap whatever it felt like he had more presence in that room than she did sometimes um which was kind of i know it's probably because he was quote unquote the antagonist in that situation he's supposed to be like the foil to all of her like oh we got to save him blah 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 and he had to kind of be the bad guy and bad guys generally are much you know more interesting unfortunately dean stockwell dean stockwell yes so what one thing that was interesting about um glenn close and her character in that scene like so there was the interesting thing about trying to get all the signatures from everybody to like um, release the president his presidential powers and i mean there was a scene where she kind of looked at the paper and she thought okay great like we don't need to use this she could tear it up or whatever but i think it could have been more impactful for her to kind of fight that more and say like hey like we need to spend all of our resources kind of helping and trying to figure out how to help the situation instead of you know, like oh like allowing them to pull all these people and get all these signatures and then you know her just being relieved that she doesn't have to use it i thought maybe if she was like angry about it and fought over it it might have been a little bit more of a of a commanding position for her to take but isn't that more so because the important stuff was happening on the plane yeah and i really want everything pull. adjacent to it was kind of hey you know i guess we should talk about there are people on the ground trying to help but the focus was the plane, so they kind of added that. I mean, this they started that really early in the film, right? It was like, hey, he's incapacitated. He's not president anymore. Let's get him out of there. It's like, wait, where's this coming from? Like, they barely just started this. And so I know they carried it through the end. And yeah, she had to tear up the piece of paper, but it, it wasn't consequential. And I think to have it go any more in depth would have taken you, you would have to spend more time outside of the plane. 
TV mm-hmm. show. Yeah. By I the way, that. I meant Designated yeah. Survivor. That was the show that I forgot the name of. Oh, good. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the things I do think that it would have pulled away. I think it would have been more interesting if there would have been a, I guess that was their tension moment was the, will he get his power revoked? But I kind of feel like that wasn't, it would have been much more interesting if they were like, you know, saying, Oh, we're just going to shoot it down or something in order to resolve the issue. And she was the lone person trying to prevent it. Obviously that probably wouldn't have been the solution they would have came with, but you know, just cause they're like, Oh, you know, it's more dangerous for them to be up there than, you know, to just shoot them down or something. And then she was trying to fight against it because at least then there would be a little bit more of a dangerous tension to it. But um, I do have a question for you guys that I was thinking as I was watching it, would president Marshall Harrison Ford's character have gotten off the plane if his family was in that capsule or wasn't on the plane at all. Did he do it just for his family or was he trying to like protect his staff and stuff like that? I feel like he had a rapport with his staff that he would have tried to stay on the plane and try. I mean, I think he would have wanted to make sure his family's safe, but I feel like just from the little things that you get from the movie that he would have wanted to try to stay on. Like it seemed like he had uh, a good working relationship with all the people he was with. Like he treated like the secretary who knew about the facts with respect. And a lot of times when, you know, someone would uh, address him on the phone and be like, hi, I'm general, whatever. He'd be like, Hey Bob, you know, like, so he had like a lot of these people on a first name basis. And then, you could see that it, it really gutted him when the one guy, the guy in the in the beginning got shot. So I feel like he would stay on. But he did also let the woman die when he was underneath the plane. He was willing to make her a sacrifice. Yeah, I felt like it definitely seemed it was more he was family driven, that this was all about him saving his family. And especially near the end when it was, I got to push Got to make sure they're the ones who are getting off before I do. And then he said, okay, I guess you guys could go first as well. I mean, it is, I mean, obviously the movie that is what happens or whatever. I was just interested to see. Cause like it, it, it defines, cause it's really easy for you to say, okay, well he's doing all this to protect his family because that's a relatable thing. Most people have families. Most people are not the president of the United States. Right. Or even in a position where they have subordinates that in theory they would, you know, protect. Um, so I, you know, obviously the family had to be there. I just, under the thought process of like, if you had removed them, would the character have still been the same? Would you still had the same scenario or would it have actually fall through and actually got catapulted out? He's like, well, I am the president. And if they capture me, you know, that's it. But- he should have been catapulted out short film. End of story. He's rescued on the beach, wherever the capsule lands, <laughs> just in the movie right there. That's it. It's like, and we're done. I mean, oh, I think definitely on the plane. <laughs> I mean, I think him having a daughter like definitely made it like a more sympathetic character, right? Like having a woman, like a you know a bunch of women, and especially like a young girl, like being pushed around. I, I think it makes the stakes higher. It tries to, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is where it's uh, like I felt in terms of you talked about the pacing, Bobby, and the pacing felt great. Things kept moving along, but those those increasing of stakes almost felt a little bit like a little mini reset reset for me every time like something new would happen. Like, oh, we're just going through another thing. 
And okay, we're just going to go through another thing. And here's the thing too, right? I guess if if we're if we're going to make the you know obvious comparison of Die Hard, right? Um, the stakes that increased there were not only the events, but he was getting pretty messed up as as it was going. And uh, Harrison's Ford Ford's character, you know, does get shot and he does get beat around or whatever. But you know, you don't get a moment where he's stepping through glass on his bare feet, right? You don't get mm-hmm. the moments where like he's obviously getting more and more damaged um, as you go. So it, it is not only a situational stakes that are increasing, but also like a physical for him. Like he physically is having a harder time going. So it it builds that kind of situation. And I don't know if they quite did that in this. I do agree with Austin about how like you got that reset situation where like, and for whatever reason, and again, this maybe would have ended the movie too quick. If you have six guys, why do you send two down? Why don't you send <laughs> four or five guys and you just make a wall of bullets shooting at this guy in the back? All right. So you're bringing up, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in some of the technical things here. Guns on planes. What do we know about guns on planes and what happens if you're shooting a lot of guns on planes? Well, maybe, didn't what maybe I don't understand science or, or how this is supposed to work. I thought that what was did they issue. say? What did they say in the beginning? They said that the they said the plane can't be shot down. They said a nuclear weapon blowing away like can't take down the plane. What did they like? They set it up as like this indestructible plane, right? Like, like a super plane, <laughs> right? Like, didn't they say like, oh, like this thing can't be shot? And then the guy in the beginning, he's he was on the phone saying like, oh, if a missile gets shot at us, it'll just autopilot away from the missile and it'll just shit, knock us off our feet. We won't get hurt. Like, and then at okay. the end, like it was all like getting holes blasted into it. And yeah, the thank you. Going there we down, go. There but... we go. Okay, thank you. Thank you for confirming that piece. I'll flip it also to the tech because you know this is 1997. We're talking a few years after our Lord and Savior Jurassic Park. Why? Why was the green screen so bad? So bad. I mean, yeah. I wish I didn't want to knock it, but it 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 hurt, and it was very very obvious how much it hurt. Just in terms of a plane in flight, your parachute jumping dudes flying on a string and looking all crazy as they climb on a on Air Force One in the weirdest way possible. Um, that was a little bit of a struggle for me, and definitely took me out. Look, I get it. We're twenty four years on. Movies got to age. But I felt like in 1997, this could have been better. And especially like if you, there were some of the shots. I I agree. There's from a technical point of view, there were some shots that were not good shots, especially a lot of the flight shots. Um, And especially considering this was post, you know, Jurassic Park is always an example, but a closer one, obviously, when it comes to the airplanes and everything else was like Independence Day. You know, that came out, what, a year before this or something like that. So you know, I won't say that that stuff looked hundred percent realistic, but it never looked so bad that I was just like thinking that it was on par with watching, you know, air crash disasters, you know, where the CG just wasn't holding up. And there were some moments in this that, you know, it wasn't really holding up. But then strangely, there were some moments of air force one where it actually looked really good. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if they had filmed an actual plane. Was it a model? You know, this is kind of the era where you'd still get, you know, maybe, you know, not quarter scale, but maybe like 16th scale models of this being filmed to get those kind of beauty shots. So, so then I'll do my last one. How do we feel about the plane crashing into the water? 
Like, it did not look good at all. The physics yeah, I mean, are all off. That's that's a that's a really tough shot to do. I mean, water doesn't scale, so I mean, you can, well, it's not like you can do a miniature of that. It's it has to be a like super complicated particle system back in 1997. Here's my thing, right? Like I've seen um actual footage of a of a like 737 crashing in the ocean and it might have even happened before this, so they technically could have had reference for that. So, and what do you see? Do you see like a giant splash, or does it just? Well, like... usually, well, what happened in that instance was it hits the water, and inevitably, the thing that catches the water is like the engines and stuff like that, and it starts flipping. And it did eventually flip to give it credit, but you could have easily to hide some of the the um, disadvantages of 1997 CG technology. When it hit, there could have been a huge splash of water with misting that was kind of covering it up as it was going. To me, the biggest fault in it, even more than the CG, was just how slow it was going. Like, it just, it was defying physics from my point of view. And it wasn't slow motion. It was just like they were hand animating it or something. Yeah, and they just couldn't feel the weight of the plane. No, not at all. It, it, It felt empty. They were looking for the big trailer moment. But I mean, I think that, you know, to, to answer your earlier question for me, like in the green screen and stuff or rear projection or whatever it was, I think that they picked their battles because there was one thing that I was really impressed by in the very beginning where there was the Russian shootout in the very beginning and there was this building and there was an explosion and that explosion looked to me like a practical explosion because it overexposed on film. And when you see a composited explosion, most of the time it's like, it's perfectly exposed regardless of the surrounding area. Like if you have a really, really bright flash hit a camera will darken everything else, you know? And a lot of times you don't see that in explosions. You'll just see like, Oh, it's daylight. Oh, big explosion. Oh, you know? And like, There'll be, maybe there'll be a lens filler put on it, but it really wouldn't overexpose at night like that explosion did in the beginning. So I feel like maybe they picked and chose their battles and what they wanted to do. I mean, there's a lot of really neat practical stuff. Like I mentioned some of the, um, the gunshots, even though, yes, probably you cannot shoot a gun in a plane. And there were many, 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 shots in a plane in this movie but (laughs) i i I do have to you know say like okay like they looked pretty neat with especially with the the muzzle flashes and the whole like 80s slash 90s heyday of like of firing automatic semi-automatic weapons and it was almost like every time a gunshot it was it wasn't only one it was like multiples like bah, 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 like four or five or three or every time so it's like no you can't just like shoot it once in a plane you got to shoot it like five times i feel like i'm learning something about bobby i didn't know which is <laughs> your fault <fondness laughs> for for automatic weapons <laughs> Firing. No, I mean it's not my fondness for automatic weapons. It's more of like the nerd part, which is the technical technical part of of a muzzle flash. And a muzzle flash happens so fast that 
it's very difficult to catch it on camera, right? And you can pick out fake muzzle flashes, you know, like there's easier ways to do it now. But when a fully automatic weapon is shot on film, film goes at 24 frames a second. And so you will not see a muzzle flash for every single shot. You'll see it like two out of the six. Because it happens in between when the frame is being exposed in a film camera. So I just find the the technical part of it interesting. And I have read that even in some movies where they would have scenes like this where a guy's just shooting and they would actually redo the scene if they didn't catch the 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 muzzle flash on camera. I think I just heard an argument for 48 FPS or, or uh, <laughs> some other form of high frame rate video. So we can get as many muzzle flashes in there for you as possible. Bobby. I, I think I just heard an argument for CG muzzle flashes is what I heard <laughs> every time. Yeah. Every time. It's gotta be done. Right. It can be, it can be done incorrectly. But I mean, mainly it's an argument for practical, practical effects as a whole. I mean, it's hard to still not, so I love things that feel tangible and have a presence yeah, I mean, in a scene versus it being empty. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you nailed it. And getting down to my point from your question was that I did see a lot of physical things happening, whether it was models or, you know, a full life mock-up plane, you know, and the shootouts and some of the explosions. Obviously, some of the, the dogfight explosions were a different story, but all right. So I, Bobby, to tell us. Here in 2021, are you telling people to watch this film? Let's say they've never seen it, or if they have seen it before, should they pick it up again? I mean, I'd say watch it. I mean, it's 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 got Harrison Ford, it's got Gary Oldman. I mean, you should try to watch every gold every Gary Oldman move movie you possibly can. And I mean, just from a performance perspective, I think it's interesting from a historical perspective in terms of like the filmmaking and the time. I I think it's interesting. Is it a perfectly flawless movie in terms of plot and physics and a whole bunch of other stuff? Like, no, like, I mean, I think Matt, you said it perfectly, like get your drink, turn off your mind, enjoy enjoy some entertainment for a couple hours after a hard day of work or whatever and enjoy it. And I think that's what this movie is for. I think you just pitched the fast and furious movie crossover right there. <laughs> Harrison Ford <laughs> as president with Vin Diesel showing up with the family. I love it. Oh boy. Oh boy. Somebody help us. Pat, what do you, what do you tell? Are you telling the, the, what are the Gen Zers? Are you telling the youth who are not born yet to check out this film? For that generation? No, I, I think that for those who How have dare seen you, it, sir. no, 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 I don't, I don't think that it's got the pacing that a modern generation really needs, but they didn't did, drop enough cars out of the plane. Is, they that did the, not. is that the thing? They did not. And Harrison Ford wasn't shirtless once in this with an eight pack. Like, how like how are you supposed to sell this movie? Who like where's the rock? Seriously. Um, no, I think that if you've seen this movie in the past, I think it's worth watching again if you happen to come across it 
like either on streaming or on USA Network or something like that. I think it's a nice thing to go back and watch again just for the nostalgia factor. Um, if you haven't seen it, maybe watch it with somebody who has, maybe your dad or something. Maybe they might enjoy watching it with you. But for for the oh, for, for the people twenty and younger, probably not so much. Oh, for you dads out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have to agree. It's it's odd. This is one that I definitely feel like is the get the microwave popcorn out and and just don't ask it for anything. Don't ask yourself for anything. Just veg and enjoy because it's something that you will enjoy in, in that particular context um, with everything that it goes through. Well, thank you as always for listening. And remember that peace isn't merely the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. 